You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio Family of Podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to The Nerd Table. I'm Chris O'Mealy, joined by two of my favorite nerds and yours. First, I'd like to say hello to Dan Peck. Hello, Dan. How are you today? I'm one of your favorite. I mean, yeah, obviously. Dude, I've oh, known I've known you for a very long time, so and I've been doing podcasts with you for almost as long. So you better be one of my favorites, or else what are we even doing here? I suppose. <laughs> yeah, we've known each other for like a uh, the 10, 12 years now. Yes. So. Uh, my other favorite nerd is also in the room, sitting at the nerd table, drinking a monster energy drink. And that's Eric Flores. Uh, Hi, Eric. Hey, speaking of which, hold, I'm not sure if you can hear this or not. I'll, I'll put it closer to the microphone. <laughs> that is my monster that I'm opening right now. So you I know, am good. How are you, man? So you know what I love is in the graphic that Mike Irizarry made for us for this show, you've got a monster and I've got a Dr. Pepper, and that's exactly what we're both drinking right now. Yeah. It's, and I uh, have a bottle of water, which is what I'm drinking right now. Well, there you go. <laughs> Look at you being healthy. I know. I I can never drink just water anymore. I think since I like left my parents' place, I I, I don't remember the last time I drank nothing but water. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's always been, yeah, water if it's there's nothing else. Do you know that's when my weight gain actually started was when I started living on my own because I no longer ate healthy because I was choosing my own meals. So I was eating what I wanted. And that's when my weight gain like really started. And I was like, oh, crap. That's this is reality. Guess yeah. when I started losing weight? I mean, when I left when I left the house for college. Oh Damn, man, they must have been feeding you good then, dude. Well, I went to a little nothing school where you ate for in one hour period of three times a day, and you didn't wake up for breakfast. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but like, I'm just picturing college food, and and uh, college food for me is just like pizza rolls and hot pockets and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's no way even if I only ate like once a day I'd still be gaining weight because of that. Well, now I'm at the point of my so life where being at literally the furthest dorm room from everything else on campus, and we didn't even have a big campus, but still. My favorite was just the fact that uh, I could I could walk. When I lived on the 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 in campus apartments, not when I was at the hotel, I had to drive to campus for that. But when I was in the in campus apartments, you had the option to walk to campus because it was on the same grounds. But more often than not, I took the bus because I'm a lazy shit. I mean, on really nice days, I would walk, but when it was like you know negative ten degrees outside because we we're in the middle of that horrible winter cold snap. Yeah, nah, fuck that. I wasn't walking anywhere. That was hilarious because everyone else was putting on the freshman fifteen, and I lost forty pounds. Oh, there you go. I can't. I can't go outside when it's cold. I can barely go towards the window when it's cold. <laughs> you live in the wrong place. <laughs> I, I, I'm aware. I'm aware. You chose poorly. <laughs> I moved to one of the shitty states. I, I get it. Oh, <laughs> um, not that bad. But. But I got some good news. 
Uh, I did get my first IT certification this week. Woo woo! I saw your Facebook post and I hit the like button. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to share that with everybody. Man, it was like, you know, what's funny was I, I've been building computers forever, right? And yep. uh, the the test was super easy up until a point. Like, it literally went from, do you know what a computer looks like? And like, yeah, like I'm, I'm exaggerating, right? But then they're like, do you know what operating system you're running? Like, yeah. And then by the end of it, it was just like, can you configure a DNS server to block certain sites? And I'm just like, holy fuck, when the hell did this happen? Like, when was that transition? <laughs> and I cannot figure out when it was just like, what's your name to make the internet? Like, it was seriously frustrating. And that last one, I like, I don't want, like, I can't display or say what was on the test. But literally every test up until that point has been you got an hour and it's multiple choice. And then this last one is you got an hour and you have to write out everything. I'm like, what? It's not even multiple choice. Dude, essay questions are the worst. Yeah. So please answer with as many details as possible. Uh, no, I will not be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is math, where it's like, show your work, and it was like, bitch, I know the answer. Man, I would take a picture of my calculator. <laughs> there, there's my fucking work. I actually did this once on a, on a math test, legitimately. It was, I actually knew the answer without calculating. It says, you must show your work. And I actually wrote, like, I already knew, had the answer memorized. I wrote that for my thing. I didn't get any marked off for it. I was kind of hoping it was going to be one of those, like, badass things where, like, you get back and you get, like, the plus one point for everything. But no, they just ignored it. Like, I got the answer right, but there wasn't, like, a... My teacher wasn't cool enough. What about when you get a math question and you answer it and it's not one of the four things you can answer? Oh. <laughs> when they give you the choice and the choice that you made is not there. That's horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's horse shit and that happens way more often than it should because then yeah you reach that you reach the answer right and you're like okay well it's ha it's got to be the one that's closest and then none of them are closest you're like fuck wait what and the hell new. and that sets the tone for the rest of the test and it's like it's question number three <laughs> out of right? like a hundred oh my god do not do not like do not approve <laughs> do not approve so last week we did an entertainment challenge and it was popular and people enjoyed it so I said I would bring it back and this week I plain forgot to post one because I was really balls to the wall busy this week so I apologize to everybody if somebody out there in Nerd Table Land can remind me at some point on Monday to post a new entertainment challenge, that would be really helpful because I have Joey Image Brain these days. And anybody who knows, who listened to the wrestling show or just knows Joe, just laughed when I said that. Everybody else is like, what? Joe literally will forget something he told you two seconds ago. It's happened. And I have well, that. There's the weather. Or he'll just say something stupid. Like somebody rang his, somebody rang his the doorbell at his friend's house. He goes, "Oh, it's the weather." Like he, I, I get that brain these days, and it's not cool. Sorry, Joe. I love you, but your brain sucks, and you know it. <laughs> 
which is funny because he also <laughs> like he also will remember really obscure stuff that happened years ago. But then again, so will I. It's like, so Chris, what'd you have for breakfast last Tuesday? Jesus Christ, I don't remember. Did I even eat last Tuesday? <laughs> I don't know. What'd you eat for breakfast, like, the the morning of your 21st birthday? I actually remember that. So, I don't know. I, don't I, know how... I was in college, and I wasn't waking up for fucking breakfast. I don't know how these things work. So, this week on the Nerd Table... Well, last week I challenged Eric to come up with a top ten list, and it inspired a conversation about video game music we had before we went on the air here. So what I did was I told Eric I wanted to hear his top ten tracks from the Legend of Zelda franchise. Because anybody who knows anything about Zelda games knows that it's one of the best franchises for music. Every game has a memorable song, including the Legend of Zelda theme itself which is really just the overworld theme from the original game, but they've used it so many times over, and it really is a masterpiece. No, it does not. Oh, my God. Does it go do-do-do-do-do-do? No! Son of a bitch. But we're going to try something here. We have it set up so you guys can actually hear some of the music we're going to be playing. It won't be, like, super loud, and we're going to talk over it so we can't get copyright stricken, because you have to kind of talk over parts of it to avoid the copyright issue. But we're going to experiment with this, and then as we discuss video game music as a whole, we might play some other non-Zelda tracks for you as well. That should be fun. All right, so Eric, the, uh, (laughs) the floor is yours, maestro. Take it away. Okay, so upon doing this, I I literally listened to like I, I was gonna say like fifty hours, but that's not true. I listened to a lot of fucking just Zelda music. That would be literally and, two days. Yeah, <laughs> two days and two hours. Um, I listened to like a, a lot of songs, and the Zelda franchise is just amazing. Now, I have not played all of the Zelda games to completion. I do consider myself a fan, but some games were way better than others. Um, okay, can we and, can we just throw this out here now? You can be sure. a fan of something and not have seen everything, played everything, heard everything, etc. Like, I hate that as a thing in, in all fandoms, like... Like, oh, you're a fan of Rick and Morty. Well, I haven't seen every episode. Then you're not really a fan. Like, no, shut up. I can't stand that. You can still be a fan of something and not have... Because, especially with video games, because you may not have even owned the console that some of the games came out on. And and that's just it. I didn't own uh, some of the consoles. Well, I ended up owning them, but it was past the console life. And then it was it was just kind of hard to find those games. You know what I mean? Sure. Like for the Wii, I owned the Wii, but I owned it after they had ended the life of the Wii. Right. So like Skyward Sword and uh, uh, what's it called that Twilight, Twilight Princess. Uh, yeah. What well, I those are games I, I never got a chance to play. I played a little bit of Twilight Princess because I eventually did find it, and then my Wii broke. There's a running theme here. I should never buy used consoles. Well, is the running is the theme. If you if you're still interested in playing Twilight Princess, it did originally come out on GameCube, and they did a, a an HD remake for it on the Wii U. 
I know I'm not really helping by naming all these old consoles. But uh, for Skyward Sword, because I never played that one either, I'm just I'm familiar with the music in it because it's got the orchestral themes that I love. But I also know that that's coming out on the Switch. And I'm looking forward to it. And I, I will be playing that, too. I've heard it's a little annoying. There's some backtracking and everything, but, like, it's fine. I mean, that's every every Zelda game. There's backtracking. That's part of the process. Is like, it's just going back to old areas that you couldn't, like, you know, continue your adventure because you needed something. Sure. But most, most role-playing <clears throat> games are like that. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I don't see that as a as a like a deal breaker or anything like that. Now this is something- I will say go for it. The the main the main uh game that I appreciated the music the most is not what I thought it was going to be. I literally thought it was gonna be like Ocarina of Time or uh a link to the past. And, and while they the music is great for them, I ended up loving out of all of the, the soundtracks, the Wind Waker soundtrack. Mm. Yes. And, and there's a reason why. Like Breath of the Wild, music is great. It's amazing. It's got like that theatrical feel to it. And then on the other spectrum, like Link to the Past, you've got that totally digital uh, video game sounding music. Even though it's catchy, it sounds like a video game. Wind Waker, to me, is that perfect mix of you can tell it's video game music but it's composed beautifully yeah i i i I like that i like the uh i have i have a couple of songs that would make my list and if they're not on yours we might play them a little bit to to hear them and now just for the record um i'm gonna want dan's input on a lot of the stuff dan is not a zelda guy so he's not gonna be familiar with a lot of the music because he's not he hasn't played many if any of the games. So, it's going to be interesting to get that outsider perspective on some of these songs too. We'll try to give you like a little background as to what's happening with the game and the song so you can understand its significance because that's going to be really important with one of mine. But then uh we should open it up a little bit to some video game music in general because if anybody's friends with me on Facebook and have been part of my little tournament group that I do, we're doing a video game music tournament now, and there are some really good things submitted for that. Like, like really good. So, just bring yeah. it on, man. Just bring it on. Give me more. Give me more music. That's what I like. All right. <clears throat> so let me start this off with my number 10. And this was, you know what? I'm not going to even say number orders, really. I'm just going to start like playing some stuff. But this is my number ten, um, because I just like the other songs better. But this did make it onto the list. Okay. I tried to limit the amount of songs that I got from a, a particular game down to like two or three. So there's no more than three songs from each game. That's fair. <clears throat> just so there'd be diversity or else the whole thing would just be linked to a past and links awakening. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, this one is the Hyrule castle theme from breath of the wild. Ooh. Hyrule castle themes are always pretty classic. Yeah. And I think what did it for me was the adventure 
in Breath of the Wild. By the time I got here, and you can hear the underlying tone of like all the previous games in here, and like, I mean, hear how epic this fucking sounds, man. It's got a little bit of the sampling piece of the Hyrule Castle theme from Link to the Past in it, too. Yeah. Now, not having beaten Breath of the Wild, is Hyrule Castle near the end of the game? Like it usually is? Um, yes. Okay. So, it's... Uh, it literally is the end of the game, because you have to go there to... You know what? I'm not spoiling anything. It's literally been the same in every single fucking <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. <laughs> going there to defeat Ganon. Uh, and then he goes out into the world, and then you have to fight Ganon on horseback. Oh, like which a twi- is really fucking cool. Yeah, there's a Twilight Princess horseback fight, which is really fun. So you have that to look forward to but i just remember going there and then that music started playing and i was like holy shit this sounds badass and the 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 entire game the soundtrack was beautiful but that made me feel like okay some shit's gonna happen here and i was right they like well done well real, real quick i want you to play this for us this is from twilight princess play that for us real quick so uh, we we can all hear this Everybody heard a sample of it as I brought it up real fast, because that only played on uh, my end. I guess I can't. Hold on. No, I, I got a copy link. Uh, I got a copy. Copy paste. link. Copy link. Copy long? Princess Zoraldo? Listen to that. Yep. It's the undertone of the uh, Dark World. If you play Link to the Past, that's the actual music that plays in Hyrule Castle. When you get to Hyrule yeah. Castle for Twilight Princess and you first get inside near the end, this is what's playing. No other instruments, just that high-pitched flute. It's so eerie. And it's just, it puts you in that environment. Uh, I knew you'd like that one. Yeah, it was really good. All right, so what else you Thank got you on your that. list? Uh, so from that, I move on to uh, a traditional one. I'm trying to look for it right now. Now, playing a lot of Zelda games growing up, I played Ocarina at a time a lot. So there's a particular sound that once you hear it, it's, it stays stuck in your head forever. And this happens to be one of them. Yeah, I've heard this. Kokiri Forest! Yes! And I think this, this, was on a, this was on a cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the audio is, like, great for this game, but, like, you hear this music and, it, like, even just the opening, just this part right here, you already know. It, like, it warps you back in time. Yeah. You're just like, ah, fuck, here we go again. That meme. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) CJ. (laughs) CJ gets his (laughs) ripped out of the car by the cops. Dan, Dan, you got to say the line. You got to say the line. What? The train line. You got to say it. Oh. 
All you had to do was follow the damn train, CJ. <laughs> That's been a running gag on our podcast whenever we would mention Grand Theft Auto. Dan always dropped that line. Yeah. Even though I never had a problem with that mission. <laughs> <laughs> Should have followed the damn train, CJ. <laughs> yeah, Kokiri Forest. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Just all the um, Zelda games have great soundtracks. They really do. They really do. That's so, the one negative thing about Twilight Princess. That's one of my favorite Zelda games. I love the cinematics from it. I love the adventure of it, the dungeons, the story, and everything. But the one thing I always hated was that they were supposed to do an orchestral soundtrack, and at the last second, they went with MIDI instead. And that always bothered me, because I felt like that was the perfect time to do the evolution. Because Wind Waker already had a great soundtrack with that good mixture, and for some reason, they didn't do that with Twilight Princess. And then when Skyward Sword came out, while it's not considered as good of a game, it soundtrack blew away Twilight Princess. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with Mini. It's just... No, but you're evolving it, to that point where you don't need it yeah, anymore. Yeah, you can't go backwards. I mean, the game is on backwards. the disc, dude. You use the disc abilities. And there's no excuse when it got ported over to the Wii, because the Wii had full-size discs. Try to make that argument for the little tiny GameCube discs, but it doesn't really work anyway. Yeah. But it is what it is. <clears throat> um, and at this time, I was just thinking, you know what? I, I'm going to just use music that, li- that Link is in and not necessarily a Zelda game. That's fine. And, and I ran across this mixture which is a remix of Zelda 2, but it's used in Smash Brothers, and I think everybody's going to know as soon as I play. Yep. I know exactly what it is. Temple theme. <laughs> yes. Yes, this was the temple Just... music from Zelda 2. Yeah. Fighting in that little corner, the corner of death that nobody wanted to be in. No, that was the worst part ever. There was that one part yeah. underground where... You were literally stuck, so you could just get everybody up to, like, 700 damage without knocking them off the stage because you couldn't actually fly anywhere. So then it was just a battle of who's going to mess up first and who's going to get that right hit because we're both in, like, the 600s now. And it's like, one of us has to die. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, yeah. but that's the other thing. Like, speaking of Zelda 2, it's so funny when I hear people try to criticize that game and they go... Well, they should have never done a side-scroller, because Zelda doesn't work as a side-scroller. And I'm like, it was literally the second ever game in the franchise. They tried something different. You can't fault them for that. It's not like it was the sixth Zelda game, and they went side-scroller, and it bombed. They were trying something different. It didn't work, so they moved on. Exactly. So I I always hate that criticism. But also, they shouldn't have done it. And they also (laughs) learned their lesson. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, at least they learned from their mistakes. Can you imagine if, like, the next one would ended up being like a, a first-person shooter or some weird shit like that? Well, if Link from the past was a first-person shooter, <laughs> I would play the hell out of that. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> it, it, it would best. I mean, it'd be the Super Nintendo version of Skyrim. So yeah, Ima- cool. imagine Zelda with a first-person perspective. Just having that as an option would be huge. Like, I remember I tried the first-person perspective in Grand Theft Auto, and I just didn't really like it that much. So I just didn't really use it. 
thing. Every now and again, I would use it just because I thought I thought it was cool to have the option. And that's just it. I wouldn't want the whole game to be that way, but if you give me the option, that might actually be pretty cool. Like, I'll try it out. I think everybody would try it out. So, the next one needs uh, some preparation, right? And and why this is so famous. Um, imagine you're going through, you're not particularly well prepared for the area, you're getting bombarded by, like, several attacks, you're down to two and a half hearts, or maybe even, like, one and a half hearts, or whatever. You're, you've got that blinking, doo-doo, 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 that, that happens when you're about to die. I hate that in all video games, cave. by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, I get it! To a cave and you hear this. Ah! I'm saved! <laughs> oh, my God. The Great Fairy Fountain. I believe that this first debuted in Link to the Past. It was also the uh, title select screen. And then it also yeah. played when you would go find the fairies. And it's since made its way into almost every Zelda game, actually. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good theme. And damn, I love fucking hearing that song. Whenever you're like, like I said, if you're in danger and you hear that, you're just like, oh, God, it's the time to put down the controller for a little bit. <laughs> We're like, thank you, fairies. Thank and then you. we catch them and put them in little bottles. <laughs> That's, fuck. We, we kind of treat the fairies like shit in the Zelda games. I uh, think about it. <laughs> there's, there's one particular fairy I wish we could put into a bottle, and it's that, hey, listen! Navi? <laughs> yeah, fucking hate her. Hey! Hey! That was the best thing about Twilight Princess, is she's totally silent in that game. <laughs> I think they learned. I think they learned. They learned. Well, that's just so these it, were right? all little... no, nothing, no, nothing is infallible. Even Ocarina of Time, widely considered one of the greatest games ever made, still had Navi in it. Yeah. So. Uh, I decided... I don't know if I, if I wanted to play... You know what? I'll save that for later. Uh, I decided on a remix on one of them. Or like an orchestra version of the song, because it's so good. It's so good that it got an orchestra version of the song. So that just shows you that. Uh, but my next one on the list, and I'm kind of just skimming through because I can see you guys kind of just like, I know you can see my screen and whatnot, is actually this one. Telltale Heights from your favorite Zelda game. My favorite Zelda game. Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. Then they did this the color version, so epic. and then they did the full remake on the Switch, which is the best remake I've ever played. Yes, Telltale Heights. When so you're in the mountains. Called, it's like sexual awakening, or no? It's Say actually what? a okay. So I'm I'm gonna look real quick. You don't have it, and that's fine. So I'm going to submit it here real quick. <clears throat> All right. So Link's Awakening was only the fourth ever game in the franchise. So the big thing with Link's Awakening was that you wash up on an island and as you're the only way off the island is to wake the windfish by collecting instruments to wake it. 
But as you're going through, you slowly start to realize the island's actually a dream. And if you wake up the windfish, everyone's going to disappear. And shit gets dark really quickly because if you wake up the windfish, you basically are eliminating every single person that you've met and interacted with and everything. And it's just like, well, shit, do I really want to do this? And the absolute best remake that they ever put in the game was the sixth dungeon, which is the face shrine. I'm going to send you the link, Eric, because I want you to play this for us real quick. Because in Link's Awakening, they just redid all of the soundtracks off the Game Boy music. This one, they just put in the Game Boy theme, and they went full-on and just wrote something brand new over it. And this is right after you realize the truth, that by get by escaping the island, you're going to eliminate everyone on it. And I remember walking to to this dungeon. Oh, you gotta play it from the beginning. I, it always does that to me. Yeah. You start hearing this as soon as you walk in the dungeon. You're just like, holy shit, dude. It's literally the first time we're just like, am I the bad guy? That's just it, right? <laughs> It's like the existential crisis theme because you're just like, well, what the fuck? The best part is wait for it to play for a second to get the Game Boy part to come in because they leave it completely unchanged. But listen to this fucking music. In a Zelda game remade from a Game Boy game. That they just threw... I remember walking in and being like, this isn't even the music from this dungeon. And I like, I stopped and just stood there and listened to it for a second. And then this is the part where the Game Boy track comes in. Just to add the creep factor. Ooh. Ooh. You remember this when you were playing the remake? Like, when you got to this part? Yes. I remember... You, you know that moment when you're listening to something and you know you're listening to something special? Before you really realize how much it takes off? I remember that. Like, I was like, this is something special in this game. This is different. And then when I went and started looking for comments and stuff on the music, I started reading that everybody else had the same experience I did. It's kind of like, to to equate it to a wrestling reference, sorry everybody, but I have to. When you're watching a wrestling match and you know you're watching something that's really special, you know this isn't just a regular match. You're watching a match of the year candidate. You're watching a career-making match kind of thing. Something really special is happening in front of your eyes, and you get that moment, and you're so hooked into it that you don't notice anything else in your environment. You're not registering that you're sitting on your living room couch or whatever. You're just you're caught in the moment. Or like, okay, I'll, I'll give this a one that everybody can equate to. You know when you're in a movie, when you're watching a movie... You know when you're watching something, like, you'll get that moment when you realize this is something that I'm buying the second it comes out on DVD, or this is something I'm literally never going to watch again. You know when you have that moment. (laughs) Like Avatar. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, I got so into Mad Max Fury Road that I forgot I was in a movie theater watching a movie. That's the best too. When you're so engrossed, like all of a sudden, like I moved my head a little bit and I saw the frames of my glasses, and I was like, "Oh wait, I'm in a fucking movie theater." There are. I think the last time that I had that. a moment like that was in the original Avengers, 
when they all land and they do that that pan and showing all of the Avengers. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That was it. That was just like, yeah. oh, shit. The circular shot around all of them, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's just it. Like, I was like, this. There are times when you're watching something and you know you're seeing something unique, something special, and that is... And you can have that moment with some of these games, too. Like, what was the... Uh, there, there have been a couple of games that I've played where I realized that, like, this is the greatest game I've ever... Like, this is my favorite game right now. Just because a moment in the game happened that you're just like, this is crazy good. Like, and you can't get over how good it is. Portal. Portal was a good example. When you start... Portal's un- great. When you start uncovering what's actually happening, and then you uncover exactly what was happening, I was like, this is brilliant. This is the best thing I've ever played. Like, in that moment, it was the greatest game I'd ever played. In that moment. So yeah, yeah, you get to that point too. And that's just it. Don't sleep on video game music cuz some of the best music out there actually comes from video games. Yeah. Like fuck yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It, it, I mean, you hear like you, Indiana Jones and Star Wars, right? Their their songs are famous, but I find myself recognizing video game music more than you know, movie music. Oh, sure. And, and I think it's just because I spend more time playing video games and watching movies. You know how I know something special came out of a video game? This, at least on a Nintendo franchise, when you look at what songs they chose to put into Smash Brothers, because they've got all those franchises mixed in, so they're choosing music from the individual franchises so you can listen to and, it. And, and you, you know exactly where it's from. Yeah. And you're just like, oh yeah. yeah, that of course they chose that because it's such a classic, and that those are the the songs that come back and they remake and they remix for future games. Because <laughs> not every like like in a Mario game, for example, in the original Super Mario Brothers, everybody knows the main theme, the underground theme, the underwater theme, and then the castle theme. But everybody agrees that the castle theme isn't really that good of a song. So in future Mario games, there's a completely different castle theme, but you're always getting a remix of that underground music because people really like it and they think it's classic. So instead of redoing a whole new underground theme, they would just remake it. You know when you're hearing something and you're just like, oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Um... I, I'm going to add one more into this group, so it's going to be 11, but I, I will, this is like an honorable mention because okay. you hear this a lot. A lot. Is this the... Playing Ocarina of Time. It's one of those songs where it's just like, you hate that you know it type <laughs> songs. Okay. So, hopefully this is the right one. The shop theme? The shop theme. You can go through the entire game without really visiting a shop, but I always hear this song everywhere. And there's not much to it. It's such a basic fucking song, but I find myself just dancing to it all the time. It pisses me off. What are you selling? (laughs) That'll fetch Uh, a high price. 
So that wasn't really on my list. I just wanted to bring that up because we were mentioning memorable songs and I feel like they're all memorable, but I just wanted to toss that in there. There's, there's no like deep meaning, right? There's no boss battle, nothing significant happened. You're just going in there to like, you know, spend rubies, whatever. Um, kind of like the uh, next one though, the cave themes in, in some of the games, right? Like you, you go into the, you go into the cave and they play the cave music. And you're just like you're just like man, I'm hearing this a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's a... uh, this next one. This next one is really good. I I don't know what it is about the song that like I like about it. It's just I hear it and I instantly just want to play the game. I or I I've been. I've been wanting to play the game this whole entire time. Like every time I, I play a song, I'm like, you know what? I should really just be playing the game right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, that'll do that to um, you. Yeah. Here goes. Of course. The Ivory. Song of Storms. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's great. Uh, fuck a box, fuck a box. I want to fuck a box. Look at that. Dan doesn't even play as Zelda games. He knows this fucking song. Oh, <laughs> uh, classic. Classic. And now we're down to my top three songs. Uh, let's hear them. So this one, um, I picked a... It's not a one-for-one one copy from the game. So hopefully it sounds okay. Let me see if I can actually find the... Oh, it's because piano's in there for whatever reason. Let's see. Piano? Yeah, but like the, the, uh, the next one over is like 10 hours long. All right, anyway, I'll play this one. Hopefully <laughs> this is it. Like, look at this thing. Like, who would want to listen to this yeah, for 10 hours? Somebody would. For 10 hours. It's, a, it's like a meme when they made... Videos able to be 10 hours, they made things last 10 hours. They just loop it yeah. over and over again. Well, this is a classic. Exactly. Zelda's Lullaby. This was in Link to the Past, is where it debuted, and it's been incorporated into a lot of Zelda games since then. Because yeah. it's basically Zelda's theme. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I heard it the most in Ocarina of Time, so that's why I picked that version of it. But, like, you hear that, and you just know it's a Zelda game. Mm -hmm. Like, if... I I don't know. It's just one of those classic, this is Zelda music. And it's been unchanged, really. It's one of the few songs in the the franchise that's, like, literally been unchanged. They add some other things to it or whatever, but, like, you know... It's basically the same thing. They've just upgraded the quality of the lullaby. There are several themes that you should not change. Like the actual main Zelda theme, the Koji Kondo overworld theme from the original game that you've heard so many times. They've redone it to update it, but they've never really changed what it was. In fact, the most change it got was when they put it into Link's Awakening. It has a slightly different beat when you get through the main stuff. That's it. Hmm. Kind of like the Doctor Who theme. Yeah, Doctor Who theme has just been like a portal sound for like the longest, really. That's true, too. 
it's essentially the same, but it's you know they go different instruments and and then and sometimes it's a full orchestra, sometimes it's just a guy with a theremin. I feel like I haven't seen this last uh, anything with the new doctor in it since it left from Capaldi and gone to uh, what's her name? Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, have you seen any of the new ones? Yes. Are they good? It's not as good. I mean, Capaldi was was great, but he's not even my favorite, so it's fine. All right. Number two on my list comes from Wind Waker. This sounds dark. Oh, it is. Well, looking at the name of the title of the song, I'm guessing, yes, it is very dark. Oh, it's a it's a remix with the Hyrule Castle theme in there. Correct. It's so good, dude. I don't know. I feel like they slowed it down just perfectly enough, and like the the piano and everything. It's just. I'm telling you, Wind Waker. The Wind Waker soundtrack is underrated. Mm-hmm. This is so good. Do 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 do. I I love this. Wind Waker is yeah. Remember, everybody shied away from Wind Waker because they didn't like that the animation choice, but like then they also missed out on a really good game. Yeah, and the gameplay was phenomenal. Like, I was one of those few people where I'm just like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this. Until I've actually played it. And I was like, I love it. The only thing that I didn't like is uh, I'm not a big fan of, I know I'm going to sound like Anakin now. I'm not a big fan of deserts and an ocean is just a water desert. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and I can't fucking stand it. (laughs) I need some variety, right? Like there needs to be either mountains or trees or village here or there. Do you know where the largest desert on earth is? No, not really. Antarctica. Uh, yeah, ice desert. I mean, it's a desert by definition. Yeah. There's nothing there. <laughs> nothing there. Nothing so at all. That, that was why I kind of shied away from Wind Waker, to be honest. Like, I, but the, I saw the combat, and uh, I liked it. I played a little bit of it. Never beat the game. Um... But, like, doing this, this uh, top 10, I listened to the entire Wind Waker, friend, like, and that, that was definitely my number one on the Wind Waker soundtrack. Sounds awesome. So, I mean, that sounds awesome. Now, yeah, now all that's left, and hopefully I picked the right one. There's been a theme. Uh, I love nostalgia stuff, and I had to pick something... And you knew that the last one also had a dark world like sound to it. It brought it in and it made it its own. And it sounded amazing. But it's all based off the dark world theme. Well, we all know that the dark world is the best. 
do 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 Oh yes. The Dark World from Link to the Past. This is the uh, Legend of Zelda 25th Anniversary Special Orchestra. I have heard this before. This is one of my favorite parts of the game when you first get to the Dark World. Yeah. And you realize you have a whole new world to explore. Listen how good that sounds. Already a great theme, and they just made it better. I know, right? I- I'm, waiting, I'm waiting. For, for those s- of you that don't know, it's like, yeah, it's an orchestra, but it's literally a one for one of the MIDI file, just in instrument form. It is. I really hate the fact that we have to talk over some of this music, too. We can't just let people listen to it and appreciate it because we have to oh. avoid. We have to avoid strikes. <laughs> so we have to talk over it. Sorry, guys. I want to just, like, shut up and let you listen to it. You can get, like, eight seconds of it, but that's about it. Ah. ah. So good. Damn, that's good. All right. You did not Damn, play Twilight Princess, so I want to I submit something for you to hear real quick. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, Twilight Princess songs that I got a chance to. Oh, shit. I did not mean to do that. Did you close the stream? Uh, it's okay. I could share again. It's not that hard. Yeah. We gotta listen to the music, man. Okay, let me so, share the stream again. There's two... Oh, nope, nope. Go live. Alright, I think it's back. There are two, uh... There's two Twilight Princess songs that have always, like... Really worked. And Midna's Lament is one of them. So to give you context here, Midna's been kind of a little smartass this whole time, and everything goes wrong and gets turned on her, and she's literally on the verge of death, and you're stuck in wolf form, and you're rushing her to safety while this is playing. And she's like, just, she's basically just begging for help at this point. And then when you find- really want to play this game. <laughs> and then when you finally save her, she becomes super friendly to you at the end. I know it's it really good. it's really really good. What's what it's the context though cuz you're it's like it's storming and she's near death and you're trying you're literally tr- re- racing to save her. And they need more cool shit like that. So, uh, Dan has a video game song he'd like us to play. Can you yeah, uh, pull that one up? You pull that one up, Eric? Is, is that the uh, one from the first one? Yes, yeah. pull the first one up. Okay. So, so I might not I, be a Zelda guy, but I am a Castlevania guy. I yeah. I was so so happy you linked this. This is where the the game begins, and you're redoing the end of Dracula X. Oh, God, that's so good. It's like, I'm going to fight Dracula right two seconds into the game. Dude, Castlevania has some amazing music in it. 
dude it really you know what it like who i would wish do castlevania songs like avenge sevenfold dude oh my god yeah they'd be perfect for it avenge sevenfold on on the new castlevania games please make that happen <laughs> symphony of the night's the first one to be on a disc so they like really went out and did a full-on soundtrack for yeah. it and they nailed it they so nailed they, it they could have went the classic it. route and they didn't and it worked <laughs> they, they it was an experimental game in every way because they even changed how the game lays out and how you play it yeah they turned it into like a, an actual rpg game yeah that's why it's be called it's that style game is called metroidvania because between that yeah. and super metroid i know metroidvania another game oh you got another one dan because I got, I got a couple I wanna, I wanna listen yes, to. I have one. It's very much the opposite of that. <laughs> I love it's all light and bubbly, and it's just like, oh, I'm ready for a pretty uh, time and the nice visuals of this game. Oh, of course. It. Of course. Well, we have to, we have to hear this one. Ah, uh, the classic. So this is a prelude for Final Fantasy. But there's a, ver- a version of this at, like, the opening screen of every Final Fantasy game. It's like the ultimate yeah. constant of Final Fantasy. Because chances are, if I hear this too many times, it's mean I've died on a boss several times. <laughs> 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 there's a good chance. So it's one of those, like, it's one of those sounds where I love the song, unless I'm actually playing the game. Then I fucking hate the song. Son of a bitch, I can't do this. Here's one of, uh... Here's another classic. This is another one where they did an orchestra for Mario games. And in Mario Galaxy, they went with a full-on orchestra. And this was another one where I listened to it, I'm like, there's something special about this song. And then it turned out that it became everybody's favorite theme from Mario Galaxy. You just, you just know. Oh, yeah, this is good. The Gusty Garden Galaxy theme. Because they got that full orchestral loop in it. And it's funny because it it's, starts off so light and airy and then it just gets more epic as the song goes on. Which is kind of how the level goes because you're... This is where you get the... Um, the you got those uh, flowers, like those giant flowers that you can spin on. And you got to jump from cloud to cloud and try not to fall into the black holes. Which are right. a killer in Mario Galaxy. <laughs> If you've played this it, it was really good. I, you know what? Let, let me know if this actually like lowers the volume on there. Did it, it lower did. the volume? Yes, for it, you did. Guys? yes it, did. it did. Okay, so we can just leave that in the background and fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> you got the 10 hour version of this? <laughs> right? Turn it up for the good part. Turn it. Yeah, put it back up. We want to make sure everybody can hear the good part, too. Right. It's going to come right after this, this little interlude here. But yeah, Gusty Garden Galaxy, I remember listening to this. I'm like, holy shit, this is a good one. And I'm like, I wonder if anybody else feels the same way. And then sure enough, you go online, you look up comments. All right, here's where the, the internet agrees. Here's where the, the crescendo comes in. Just listen to that. That's so good. It sounds like you're on an adventure, damn it. <laughs> How can you go wrong with that? Yeah. 
you you just can't you can't go wrong with that but yeah i always paid attention to like what songs make it into like best of video game stuff and when i would go through the super mario like the super mario music that they incorporate into smash brothers and it's like so what did they pick and of course they pick some of the classic stuff like for each mario kart game they put in the main theme you would hear but then they would also put in like rainbow road and you know rainbow roads are great themes all the time yeah i was still listening to it in the background i'm not sure if you guys (laughs) can hear it or not (laughs) it's so good the audience can't hear it anymore but (laughs) uh okay man these were all good you know what and there's a lot of people who said like art's not needed i disagree i disagree like so, it's not an essential job or whatever uh i it is so I just, fucking I, essential it really is listen even if you did something where like you worked for the power company and you made sure like everybody has electricity or whatever your job is stressful you go home and you need to unwind how are you going to unwind without art right you, you just need it people like don't realize what is and isn't art and who is and isn't an artist? Because who was it? Was it LeVar Burton when the thing I heard? And he's like, I hate the word content creator because you're an artist. It's Just because your art is right. different than the traditional arts doesn't mean you're not an artist. I mean, I see where he's coming from. I don't know if I di- agree with his wording, but, like, I, I understand his point of view. I believe you don't make art. <laughs> some people are artists, and some people are content creators. Well, like, what we're doing is entertaining, <clears throat> and I feel like we're kind of artists in our own way. But there are people out there who just copy-paste stuff and then send it out. And that's just, sure. I mean, you're creating content at that part. Right. Uh, I, at that point. I gotcha. So what do you say, Eric? Do you got a challenge for one of us then? Um, you know what? This one is going to be for Dan. Yes. Now that I know you actually played Symphony of the Night, we'll we'll broaden it a little bit, right? But let, let, I want to hear your top ten Castlevania songs. Ooh, I am a Castlevania fan. I've played most of them, so. Yeah, I mean, I, even if it's only from Symphony of the Night, I'm still down. It for that. might only be from Symphony of the Night. <laughs> <laughs> They're all so good. It's just the soundtrack. <laughs> We're such nerds. And and don't don't cheap out and just be like, oh, it's the music that plays in the save point rooms because there's no fucking music in the save point rooms. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny as hell. I would do something like that. I was just like you, son of a bitch. Now it's count. It's, it's the sound of the of, of the save point re, of spinning yeah. around when you had saved. Oh yeah, that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well, like blood, bloody tears, vampire killer. Um... Well, you guys probably got my number one already. So congratulations. There you go. Okay, so then you know what? I'll I'll, I'll mix it up. Uh, let's go with. Hmm. I mean, there's another. I, I don't know what kind of games that you've played or, or anything like that. We'll go top ten intros to video game music. There we go. 
So like opening so, theme or um, menu, like start menu, that type of thing. That could be interesting. That would be... that. Wow, okay, yeah. Do you accept this challenge? In the words of Floyd Mayweather, I accept. I accept. Awesome. Now, I know that you've been wanting to share this story for a while, Dan. But I feel like you wanted to tell us something about your uh, D&D game. Oh, yeah. It's not like anything, like, mind-blowing, but it's one of those things where it's like, you do this, and you play, and you hope for this moment to actually happen, and it happened. Um, We're playing on Wednesday, which is when my group plays. And I am a wizard, which means I'm a little squishy boy. And we were in a thing where there was invisible stalkers fucking us all up. And I went to one hit point. The last hit point. The only one that matters, (laughs) as many would say. It got back to my turn, and we're like, holy shit, what am I going to do? And so, for the first time ever, I polymorphed into a giant ape. Okay, Goku. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a 15 by 15 by 15 tall ape. (laughs) Holy shit. And I went from 44 hit point maximum to 100 and... 57 hit point maximum. Fucking wizards, man. <laughs> Fucking wizards. And I only have one spell slot for that well, for that high of a level of a spell. <laughs> you know, it's... but to, I don't know who's harder to kill as a DM, whether it's wizards or druids. Because if druids are high enough, they can just keep changing like over and over. Right? Like I'm level seven, I could change once with that with with my ability. But yeah, but you also have like you have blur, which automatically puts like disadvantage on people who are trying to fucking hit you, and then you got your uh, uh, what's that other one? Made, there, there's one that really pissed me off because I didn't know how to interact with it. <laughs> um, it's there's an ability where you can go into a stone. You know what I'm talking about? The Tanuki suit. They like you can go into a wall basically, and then the only way that you can take damage is if they break that wall. And I'm just like, great, you, you guys are really going to do this to me. I have to figure out the strength of a fucking wall. <laughs> And they're not going to break it. <laughs> but, like, it's devastating if they do break the wall. Because if they break the wall, then they take, like, 50d6 or something ridiculous damage. And they get it at, like, third level. Anyway, it's it's kind of fun. I did manage to do something in, in, uh, in one of my D&D games, which I thought was pretty cool. I made a cursed item. Uh, actually, I made a cursed being. <laughs> I tried to do something from, like, Spider-Man and make a, a symbiotic suit and uh that kind of backfired on me because i thought you know what i'll give them immunity to charm effects and i will make them take critical damage for psychic effects and i i killed i killed that person <laughs> i didn't realize there was a lot of spells that like has a like just does psychic damage 
One of my favorite D&D games we ever played was the one you were DMing and you were getting drunker. And the more drunk you got, the less you started caring what happened to us. <laughs> <laughs> that tends to happen. You should never be drinking and be the DM. It should always be the other way around. Well, what was really funny was that we were all giggling and having a good time, and then our buddy Paul was taking it super serious and getting mad at us because he's like, we're going to beat this, guys. Come on, focus. We're like, I can't. Eric's <laughs> drunk, and it's funny. <laughs> I played with so a that- drunk player who, it was this happened like a month and a half ago, Is he had like a really bad day, so he started drinking as soon as he got home, and then we were playing two hours later. And he got drunker and drunker. And then as soon as the DM said, okay, that's it for tonight, he passed out immediately and started snoring. Like, immediately. Like, we weren't, we hadn't left the room. That's <laughs> the awesome. Room. He, and then we started hearing snoring. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been that drunk. <laughs> I've been, been pretty drunk, though. <laughs> So, Dan, when you turned into the giant ape, did you end up killing that person who brought you down to one hit point? Yep. Well, then I became the... <laughs> As a giant ape, you get to do two two punch attacks every turn. So I was fucking everything up. <laughs> Just smashing it into the ground. Is there no restriction on polymorph? Can you turn into anything? Or is uh, it like... You get to have to the CR rating of your level of your casting uh, thing. So I'm level 7... So I can go to CR7, which is crazy. Right? Even Hold like- on. CR7, that's like, you have a few dragons listed in there, I think. Yeah, probably like little wor- like worms or whatever. I wanted, really, what I really wanted was the HP buff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't want to die. Because I could literally, because the way those things were hitting, it might have knocked me out. It might have killed me with one hit at that point. Because at that point, a 45-point hit would have killed me outright. Because I had 1 HP and I'm a max of 44. So, Oh, yeah. If they did 45 or more, I would outright just die. No, no death saving throws. She's just dead. Just dead. Just dead. Chris, we got to get you into D&D, man. Especially like 5e. It's a lot easier now. You know what I've always wanted to do as like an online role-playing game? which is easy to do remotely. Um, The only thing is I would need somebody's help to actually set it up, but I actually wanted to do a Pokemon-style MMO where everybody goes on an adventure. I would start with the original 150, but I would create a massive land where they're all wild. You can catch them, and then you can battle and everything and take on gym leaders and everything like that. I've always wanted to arrange something like that and come up with it. And it can't be that difficult to do because Pokemon is a pretty simple concept when it comes to role-playing games. My problem is just actually, like, drawing the map and, you know, actually being the DM. Because I don't have I a think... lot. I don't have any DM experience. I feel like if we can somehow... You know what? That gives me something to work on. I'm going to try to get at least the original 151. I'm going to try to make stats for them. And give them, like, you know, weaknesses or resistances and whatnot. 
and then well i'll work on this with you because i like the way I, I, I feel like there's a market for it there's definitely a market for it well the only hard thing is is you'd have how many multiple people could you play with i mean you can do it with one person at a time and have them go on their own individual quest but if you have like four people playing then you have to you have to vary it up. Are they questing together? Are they sharing? Is everybody getting their own individual? Like Misty and Brock hanging around with with ass. Yeah, I mean, there's there's basically rules for that already in place. If we use the D and D five E, there's and already then, kind but, of a thing going on because there's a the um, what's it called the bag of tricks or whatever. Where you reach in the bag, you pull out a fuzzy ball, and you throw it out, and it becomes a random animal based on a D8 roll. Okay. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah. I, so, I mean, all we have to do is modify something like that. I mean, we should try to incorporate as many as possible. It would be best to start with the originals and work up from there. But, like, one thing I'd want to do is everybody gets to choose a starter but they get to choose their starter from the whole generation of starters. So like if you if everybody wants a fire type, they can all have a fire type. They just and they can have a different fire type. Kind of thing. Oh, I thought just like you just get to pick one of the Pokémon and like, "Oh, Lucario." Got it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Done. Oh, I'll take starter. I'll take Mewtwo. No. <laughs> But you can catch the other stuff wild has always been the idea. It would basically it's basically the idea of what I would want to do for like a full open world MMO game, except we would just do it as a role playing game instead of a video game. I think we can like it. We could do it. I mean, there's already percentage die. So, I mean, we would just have to like get these dice and, and figure out a way. Yeah, and I can pick up dice easily because I've got plenty of stores around me that sell them. Yeah, I th- honestly, the hardest part of this would be making stats for each individual Pokemon. And then the same thing, right, <clears throat> would be these attacks and the resistances and the... Um, so in, in 5e, you have advantages and disadvantages, right? So I figure... Um, anything that has resistance, they would take half damage, which is like an automatic save uh, throw right. type of situation. And then for attacks that are doing critical damage, it would just be critical damage, so you would just double up on the dice. So that's already in place. Super what effective. I'm trying to figure out is, yeah, is the attacks that have like multiple hits or like how how to land a hit or whatever basically just coming up with like their ac and stuff like that i I feel like would be the difficult problem well uh, they have um all their all their stat information is on bulbapedia so you could just take all that and just translate it however you want that's true i can i think what i can do is i can go in there and figure out who's got the strongest strength stat right and then be like all right and then be like that would be uh 20 and then kind of scale it down. So whatever number that they, they pick would end up being... So for instance, let's say the highest Pokemon attack is like 300. 300 would be 20. And then if the next closest would be like 
260 or 280 or something like that that would be like 18 or 19 and then we'll just kind of play around with it until we get to like you know a caterpie and then be like all right you clearly have the strength of like six and then i'll just do that for each stat i feel like that's something that that could work out how would you do that dan probably similarly uh that kind of thing you gotta you know you gotta work your way through this sounds about right like get find the extremes i guess yeah and then work through that on the 20 point scale yeah i mean that's gonna like be the whole thing that the pokemon are gonna level up and evolve and stuff too though so then that adds a whole other thing yeah I don't know that you don't you don't have to worry about until you get there right so i think what how would we do the attacks though? Would the I feel like you can only learn certain attacks if you reach a certain level. And I feel like even the like the PP or whatever would just basically be spell slots. It really changes the dynamic from it being you to being something else. Right. So yeah, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's definitely it definitely sounds interesting, and I feel like we can get the whole community on board. And uh, what we'll, what we can do is literally just make the the uh, uh, what's it called I want to call them dungeons, the gyms. We can make the gym leaders and be like, okay, who's playing this week? What are, like what is uh, what are you guys going to do? Where are you going? And then we can set random rules. And be like, um, in this region, there's a 80% chance that it might be this Pokemon if you find something, a 2% chance for this, or whatever it is, whatever it may be, and we'll just have people roll percent die, or we can roll percent dies for them and be like, this is what you found. Do you want to try to catch it or not? And and then go from it like that. I mean, how's, how's that sound, Chris? <laughs> Sounds awesome. Do you know what my gym leader concept is for a game like this? What? I put thought into that. Okay, so in the open world land of whatever whatever area that you're in every pokemon in existence is catchable somewhere and like even like a legendary like the legendary bird are, is extremely rare but there are multiple places where you can catch one so like everybody on your party could technically have an articuno or a zapdos but you have to actually find them they're the rarest things to find right so like you got to travel for like an articuno you have to travel to, like, the highest peak of the coldest mountain or into, like, the deepest cave or whatever, and then you still only have a chance of actually finding one. Does that make sense? For, like, rarity? You have to be in a certain Specific regions and then specific, like, specific... Specific percentages. Like, if you're out in an open field and there's Pidgeys and Rattatas galore, when you roll to see what you've encountered, because it would be be a thing, right? You'd roll to see what you're going to get, if you're going to find something and then you roll to see what you found and it's either, and yeah, there are places where it could be like seven, like 25% Pidgey, 25% Radita, and then 25% Caterpie. And then maybe only like 10% Nidoran or something. Right. I mean, yeah, 
in D and D, if you wanted to do like a catch mechanic or or an encounter mechanic, what you could do is roll like a, a D twenty, and then let's say fifteen higher, there's an actual like encounter. Um, if you roll a twenty, it's a rare encounter, and add a, add a rule, right? Like so, let's say you roll one twenty, you get to roll it again. And that determines what kind of rare. Is it like just a normal rare or is it a, like a shiny or something like that? Or right. is it an actual legendary? So if you roll like two 20s in a row, it's a legendary. Yeah, you found whatever something region good. that is. You found something If good. it's available. If it's available in that region. Because I don't feel like there should be a legendary in every region. Well, no, there shouldn't be. But that's where you, would, you can incorporate shinies too. True. You found a shiny and then you roll to see what kind of shiny you found. Like 90s yep. are shiny, but if you get the 100, you get the legend. Well, I, I was uh, going off of what Chris said. Like, if you're in an area that is known for having or being, like, they, they've seen a legendary Pokemon, then, yeah, there's a legendary there. But if you're, like, you know, in Pallet Town, well, why the fuck would there be a legendary there? Well, there might be a holo. No. <laughs> Ash saw one. <laughs> yeah, Ash saw one as he was exiting Pallet Town. But you have to roll not, like two nat twenties in a row, and then two and nat twenties in a row, and, and then roll yeah. like a ridiculously high percentage to get that. Plus, certain types like that are going to be ridiculously strong anyway, and they'll probably wipe you out the first time you meet them. Because there also has to be a set on the the percentage of what you're finding. Like if you're finding Pidgeys, they should be at that weak percentage so you can take them. But then if you're in another area and your thing, your things are stronger, you have the option to find stronger Pidgeys or Pidgeotos or Pidgeots, etc. All right. So here's the gym leader idea. There's 18 okay. Pokemon types, right? So the first way, the first part of the quest is you you can challenge all 18 you, there will be 18 gym leaders one specifying in each type and they're all guys there stick with me on this there's a reason for that this is your your choice deal right like everybody chose a fire type so you can start venturing towards where the grass gym leader is and you can challenge the grass gym leader cuz you know that's going to be an easy victory for you right like, you can do that, and then you'll win that badge, and then you defeat all the other gym leaders, and you then can complete the quest, part one of the quest. But once you've completed part one, part two of the quest is you get to take on the other 18 gym leaders, which are all females, but these are the stronger ones. So instead of going up to the grass gym leader who might only have Bellsprout and Oddish... This one will have a Vile Plume and a Victory Bell and maybe even something a little more legendary. So your first ones are going to be even. The second one is going to be they're going to have an advantage over you. And they may not just have grass types either. There might be some mixture in there to challenge you. By then, you should be experienced enough to rise to the challenge. Then once you beat them, you can actually challenge the master Pokemon trainer, which would be our version of Red, or Ash, or whatever. So it would make for a nice long campaign, because you could you have the option to challenge for whatever type you want to go for, but if it's too easy, the next time it won't be so easy. 
I feel like that that'd be good for like static <clears throat> gyms and stuff like that. But yeah. if we if we want to make this an MMO, I feel like we should make it where anybody who wants to join, if they take out a gym, they could become that gym leader. Yes. And then have them do a like a have them have a day where they can defend against their their title, right? For somebody else who wants to try to take that that spot. We have a dedicated one for the badge and then we have another one for like who is actually the leader of that gym. Yeah, and you can only claim one gym. We'll make it so like if you claim the fire gem, you can only use fire type Pokemon with the exception of one. Right. And you have to defend the gym with only your fire type Pokemon, regardless of who else might show up. Somebody else shows up with something a lot stronger. So be it. Yeah. But you can choose which team you're going to fight with. So if you have 12 different fire types and you're supposed to fight with six, you can choose which six you use. Right. So let's be, so we'll have, again, a leaderboard for that type of competition. But then we'll also have the static one where if you're just going through the game and you just want to earn the badge, that way there is still incentive even after you collect all the badges and beat everything to kind of go back and see and try Correct. to get leaderboards or whatever. That's what the first one is. The first one, the guy trainers are all static trainers. They all have stuff that's equivalent to you with what you have at that time. So if you choose to do the grass type gym first, cause it's easiest, those Pokemon will be the, around the same level as yours, which means that it will be very easy to defeat them. But the next time you go back, when you go on the pro circuit and you battle the female gym leader, her shit's going to be super strong. So you better come prepared. I think that's a good way to do it. You don't have to always do the pro circuit down the line, but... But you know people are going to want to if they make it that far. You dedicate yourself to shit like that. You're going to want to play all the way. I wanted to pitch this as an actual video game, and I think we could do it as a tabletop RPG style thing, and we could do it remotely. We just have to find, we just have to work out the kinks and find the time and get some players. And I guarantee you, some people listening to this would be interested in playing that. Yeah, I'm interested in playing it already. Now I just got to try to figure out how I'm going to do this for uh, for 151 Pokemon. <laughs> well, if you come up with a basic idea. We can have we can crowdsource the front work, you know, right? Yeah, right. And we'll all just be like, all right, let's do the first twenty Pokemon this week, and we'll split it up evenly or whatever, or thirty. If if we have you know, if we have that power system where we figure out that there's like you know, is is it over nine thousand? I don't know, but you know, if we come up with a around this number means this number on a twenty scale. Then we can. I'll plug away. Well, let me that. let me look it up. I actually got. I mean, I got the right thing there. right here, right? So let's see. Go Pokemon, um, <clears throat> stats. All right, so we are uh, starting to get time to uh, start wrapping up the show, but I want to talk real quickly. Have we all seen the first episode of Bad Batch? Yes. No. Oh, I have no. not. It is a special, like, 75-minute episode. I think it's probably because it's the the 
May the 4th special, because there's like a 14, 16 episode show. We're not going to cover it like we did the MCU shows. Um, so don't worry about that. We also don't want to step on our friends and uh, partners there over at the binge cast either. But uh, I guess I just wanted to talk about the setting and stuff, but I'll go ahead and talk. I mean, we need Eric. Eric needs to be a little quiet for a little bit, and we're only about an hour, 20 minutes into the show anyway. I don't want to make the episode too short, but see what you can talk about without giving away too much. Well, it's about what I thought. It's about what happens to them after we last saw them in uh, Clone Wars. So, yeah. um, So it's actually it starts with them. It's their last mission before Order 66 comes out. Yeah, basically. That's not a spoiler either, because they actually put that in the ads. Like, they they were advertising it that way. Like, yep, this is going to be after Order 66. Because I remember, I told you this. Because when I first heard about the Bad Batch, I remember just thinking to myself, I don't care about any more additions to the Clone Wars. Because... I've seen it. I feel like they can't do anything more with the Clone Wars. I'm like, the Bad Batch is going to be their only excuse to do more stuff. I'm like, but man, I just don't want to see any more Clone Wars. They've done it, and I want to see new Star Wars stuff. And then I remember you were like, well, I don't think that's what it's going to be. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's going to necessarily be Clone Wars anyway, because I think they're going to have to go through with the the Bad Batch stuff. But it's going to be really obnoxious when we when we uh you know what i'm trying to say like they they can't i don't even know what i'm trying to say anymore i didn't want to see more clone war style stories i wanted them to move on and i didn't expect them to move on that quickly well so i think this is going to be the show that bridges the gap between clone wars and rebels yeah i think so too because rebels is taking we've actually even saw a major character from rebels in this first episode yes yes we did uh, we also saw a major character from Star Wars in general in this episode. I think he's going to be the main bad guy for the show. So Yes, which kind of sucks because you already know his fate, so you know he's not going to die. It also kind of sucks because the actor is dead as well. Well, yes, that is true. But they didn't stop them from using him in one of the movies either after he died. No, so. no they did not. <laughs> um... So, yeah, um, my first thoughts of Bad Batch was that I actually like the individual characters that they created. They do yeah. something different with one of the characters that I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. I have to wait to see where we, we go with that, obviously, because that's going to be uh, one of the one of the issues, right? Is like, well, what are we going to do with this character? They introduce a new character who, again, um, too early to make a judgment call. Seems like a decent character, but again, it's just... We have to learn more about them. Yes. We know, uh, like, one or two basic things. Right. And I'm interested in learning more. Right. And then, of course, uh, is there going to be, like, a a dedicated... Not a dedicated villain, but is there going to be somebody doing, like, an an active chase or hunt? We don't know that yet. But it was like watching a mini movie because it's seventy five minutes long, and it was pretty it's damn like, good. It's like those DC movies, yeah, movies. 
Hey, that's something we could talk about real quick. Uh, update us on... You are currently attempting to watch all the DC animated movies. Yes. So, tell us about your progress on that. Well, I recently realized that, like, I haven't seen any for, like, the last six, seven years. And I used to watch them all, like, right away. Because they're all, like, wicked, wicked, wicked freaking good. Oh, God. And... Look, wicked freaking good. And uh, so I'm actually just, I did Gotham by Gaslight last night. And I watched Batman and Harley earlier in the day yesterday. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on Batman and Harley. Because I actually watched that when it first came out. Because, of course, as a Big Bang Theory fan, they were advertising Melissa Rauch as the voice of Harley. And Harley's my favorite character. I wanted to see her in a good guy role anyway. So I was curious how this was going to turn out. Didn't sound, seem very Melissa Rauch. She did a good job with the voice, though. She put on the accent pretty hard. Yeah, she did a good job, but it wasn't like, like it wasn't like that. Sounds like Melissa Rauch doing this show, doing this thing. It just was just another voice actor. Not like uh, Kaylee Cuoco voicing Harley in the in the HBO cartoon yeah, because that one you can tell is Kaylee Cuoco because she doesn't disguise her voice in any way, shape, or form. <clears throat> but she also doesn't have to. Do you prefer Harley with or without the accent? Because this is a discussion that an old acquaintance of ours used to get really anal about. And I personally don't care one way or the other. Hmm. I mean, it was created for the accent because that was what it was based upon. Yeah, but... Because it was based upon a sketch that Arlene Sorkin did. But I don't. I also don't think she necessarily needs the accent. But there's also there's also the different eras of Harley, which this is this show this whatever seventy five eighty minute movie depicts the one where she's no longer actively a villain and is trying to get her own shit together, which is kind of what the Harley Quinn show kind of starts out as. But then she's just like, no, fuck it, I'm a villain. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's, like, I read, like, it was, like, a free comic book day, like, issue zero of a Harley, new Harley Quinn series, where it's her going back home to, like, Staten Island or whatever, and trying to just live a normal life, and then things happen to her and around her, where she kind of ends up becoming, like, the head of a crime family in this area back home, because she's just trying to protect the people in her neighborhood. What was your opinion of the the dance scene? Or it's one of my favorite scenes, and then, especially because Rob Paulson was both of the guys doing the duet. Yes, yeah. Because it's like the, I don't remember the name of the but it's the two ginger guys that are like a like a gangster style Batman enemy, and they're doing don't pull your, don't pull your love out on me, honey. And they're doing it as a just one guy doing a duet. Oh, it it was a pretty clever movie, and she totally go she totally takes down uh, Dick Grayson. Oh yeah, yeah she does. Uh, did you enjoy hearing Kevin Conroy as Batman again? Because I know I did. And that like, it's always fun when he. 
when he's back or when Hamill comes back for random projects. And oh, that. yeah. Hamill, still my favorite Joker. Uh, Eric, have you seen Batman and Harley Quinn, the animated movie? I have not, unfortunately. Have I you watched many of the of the Warner Brothers cartoon ones? No, and you know what's sad is that I know that DC has better shows than Marvel. Uh, but I literally just haven't had time to like go go through like even even Flash, which is like my favorite DC show at the moment. I am not caught up. I am like an entire season behind. Well, these are like little cartoon 70, 75 minute movies and they're just freaking fantastic. Which other ones have you seen so far? I've seen every one up until that point. So like bring out the list. <laughs> oh God, it's a big ass <laughs> list. Um, I think like, all I have to do is type in like DC at this point, I think, and it'll get me right to the Wikipedia. Well, while we're, uh, while we're discussing that, I want to update everybody. Uh, I got, I've I've been really behind on trying to watch Yu Yu Hakusho, but as far as season one goes, I'm doing pretty good on it. So the uh, the the angle I'm in right now is Maze Castle, where Yusuke and Kuwabara is with him. They go in alone, and then Ea and uh, oh god, the one the one with the red hair and the pink suit. Eric, help me out here. Oh, uh, um, Koruma. Korma, right. thank you. Yeah, Karenma. Yeah. <clears throat> they have to kind of join him. And he's just like, yeah, you can't do this on your own. You're going to get killed in here, which becomes apparent very quickly. That's a good thing they showed up. Or, yeah, he, they probably would have died. But they're doing the Maze Castle thing now. And as far as season one goes, season one's 25 episodes. And my next episode is number 17. So I'm getting decently close to finishing the very first season of Yu Yu Hakusho. I, I do appreciate how the show does move pretty swiftly, which is a, a good thing. Like, every episode kind of wraps itself. It never goes too long. It doesn't uh, it doesn't feel obnoxious or overdone. The, the, the famous comparison, of course, is Goku versus Frieza. There's no Goku versus Frieza stuff happening where it's blatant filler and it's taking forever. They actually are moving along at a pretty nice pace. The only, I mean, it's my schedule that prevents me from watching a lot of stuff. So, but I enjoyed the little tournament they had to do the, uh, to do the spirit fight. To learn the psychic's powers. And then, like, it's not like you have to sit through Yusuke's training for it. We cut back to him when he's already done training. And we move the story right along. So, I like where they're going with this and I've been enjoying the first season immensely and there's only four because the series itself is uh 120 something episodes so it's not a very long binge to go through but yeah I uh I, I definitely want to keep watching it and that's that's like one of the key things right is that I'm enjoying it thus I want to see more and I finally got to watch the Dragon Ball Z Super Brawly movie. Good shit, right? Yeah, I thought it was the, hilarious, The man. Broly movie was great. Now, here's something I didn't know. That the movies were technically all considered non-canon. I thought uh, they... All act- of the movies... All of the movies up until... Um, Battle of the Gods. 
yeah, up until Battle of the Gods were not canon. They were just licensing the the Dragon Ball name and just making their own little story universes, basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the two Doctor Who movies. They're not canon, right? So that's just it. Like some of the stuff is really dumb. So I'm glad it's not. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Star Wars extended universe. People were upset when it became non-canon because there was a lot of good stuff in there. But what they missing was the big picture of how much bad shit got taken out as a result and how much dumb shit got removed. So it really yeah, wasn't but, a bad thing. But that movie is canon. Yes, so that movie, the Broly movie, is I, canon. I just want to point out because not a lot of people know this. Them learning to fuse to turn into Gogeta, it that those transformations last for like fifteen to thirty minutes a piece. So Broly was just kicking Frieza's ass for like a solid hour and a half. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> the best part was he was going after Weiss, and Weiss is just dodging him. Like, like amusing him. Weiss was just like, uh, "You're not gonna hit me. <laughs> you can try, but you're not. You're not gonna hit me. I mean, you can keep trying. Yay! Oh, you almost had. It's like the uh, the Geico commercial with the dollar bill on the fishing rod. Oh, you almost <laughs> had it. You gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> so yes, I, I very much enjoyed watching that. I finally got a chance to sit down and watch that, and I very much enjoyed it. Um. I have been enjoying my time as an Uber driver thus far. I got it. I got a nice dash cam. Everybody I've driven so far has been very nice. And I bet I've got, cause you drove Uber and I've talked to a uh, Joey image who did Uber as well. Like you, you, you two are the main two people that I talked to cause you act, you both actively did it. Um, yes, I've already gotten my first drunk group. That was fun. And it was in the middle of the day, which made it even more amusing. Uh, but I bet I got I got something that you never got, Eric. A I, tip? No. <laughs> Actually, I did, I did get one tip. <laughs> I, I received one tip. What's that? Uh, I drove Amish people. And I okay, bet, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, I bet you can't say that. In fact, uh, the the last day I went out, all of my fair, final fares for the evening were all. Amish fairs because I ended up like out in the middle of nowhere and I'm like all right I'm really far from home now I'm I'm, I'm good for now I'm gonna go home but yeah because uh, people keep asking me about that they're like Amish people can't use technology how how can they use Uber Amish people are allowed to use certain aspects of technology for their business so they are allowed to have connections to a phone and internet to run their business. This also means that they are allowed access to a, to a, something like Uber so they can get around when they need to. And considering I was taking these guys on like 15-minute journeys, by horse and buggy, that would be significantly longer. So. Now, I don't know how you were when you did it, Eric. I'm, I'm a conversationalist, but like if I'm gauging that they don't want to talk, then I just don't talk. So a lot of my rides have actually been in silence. And then, like, if they yeah, engage that's me, typically how it goes. I'll give them a really friendly response if they engage me in conversation. But I let them control the conversation because I don't want to be the one. I don't want to talk their ear off and annoy them. I want to make sure it's 
it's okay for them to talk. So if they're talking to me, I'm going to talk back. But I think I feel like I should be allow them to uh, control that aspect. And uh, nobody has given me a five star rating yet, but nobody's also given me a rating. Period. So there's that. But I've well, given. I feel like it's a mandatory thing that they have to give ratings unless they changed it. I don't know. I mean, I have to give a rating to them when they get out, and I've given all of them five-star ratings just because everybody's I thought you had to give a rating before you could even end your transaction. I mean, I think I did, yeah, but I don't know. Hmm. I I do not know, honestly. I mean, like I said, I haven't really done it that much, and let me see if I can even pull up my profile here, and yeah, because it says... doesn't say if I have a star rating on here at all. Everything is, uh... Oh, it's no recent rider feedback. This is where you'll see feedback from riders who rate you under five stars. Okay, well then maybe I don't see it. So. The one thing that was well, annoying that's me... that's good. That means they, they have been giving you five stars. Yeah. The one thing that's been really annoying me, really annoying me, is... The last couple of times, and I don't know if this was an app glitch, but the last few times I went out, it was trying to make me pick up fares while I was already in the middle of doing one, and I couldn't get it to stop doing it. Yeah. One. And then, um, then it was like, you only have a 20% pickup rate, and I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm freaking busy. Well, um, that is part of the, I think they... they... On the user end, there's an option where you can say, yeah, you can ride share, and that makes it cheaper for that person. So they split the fare with whoever you pick up along the way if they have similar destinations. Okay. But it shouldn't ask you. Uh, like, normally what I wouldn't do, or what I would do is not deny. I would just leave it there, depending on how close that like my drop-off destination is and just kind of either if i'm close to my drop-off destination i will accept it but not go towards it yet i would drop that person off first and then go pick the next person up or if if i have enough time i would just drop off that person then accept and then go pick them up well i got to do it a little more to uh to get out there but but we'll see uh, I had fun, though. So if anybody out there is in the Lancaster area and needs an Uber, let me know. I will try to be the one to get your alert. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe you won't. Might not be me at all. Oh, uh, am I still screen sharing? Can you see my, my background? Yes. That's a lot of Zelda. <laughs> I figured you would like that. Did you set that, like... Has that always been your thing, or did you just set that while we were doing this? No, no, no. I set that up um, when I started the challenge. Before this, it was uh, Adventures. Fair enough. Monitor 1 has Harley Quinn. Monitor 2 has Among Us. You you have Among Us running, uh, running right now? No, it's the the background. Oh, okay. it's just the little guys floating through space. I thought you were just playing the game casually as you're doing the podcast. Do you like, imagine you that motherfucker? Do you imagine that. <laughs> First and off, the, the new Japan Pro Wrestling logo. 
I don't know how I could actually pull that. Well, it would have to be all text, first off. Oh, that reminds me. Um, so I want, I want to plug this real quick as we start getting towards the end of the show here. But uh, Friday night game nights with the Nerd Table, we've determined that uh, every Friday night we want to do a game night. Although now I'm hearing some people saying that Saturday would be better. So I'll tell you. So what I want to do is I want to get feedback from everybody who listens to this episode. Which night is better for you? There's always a possibility we could do both, but at the same time, I do like to, you know, have a little more weekend free time and everything. Uh, But last Friday, we played Scategories online, and that proved to be really popular and really fun for the couple of people that played. And we're going to do that again. Well, you're listening to this on a Sunday, but the Friday we recorded it is when we were going to play again. So... What I want you guys to do is tell me before this upcoming Friday if Friday or Saturday would be better and also what you would want to play because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of game options out there that you can play over, like they say, it's like games over Zoom and everything, but you can easily do that with just a screen share program like Discord. What I did was I did, we all went to the Nerd Table voice chat. I screen shared the a categories board. And then I would hit the button so the timer would go down. And then we were all playing either on pen and paper or on our Word documents or whatever, right? To write down the answers. And then when time was up, you were done. And it worked out really well. Like, there was an online way to do it where you can play it all through the browser and everybody can see everything together. But the app website was down. So this was my backup plan. Because with a game like Scategories, all you have to do is screen share one thing. Or just give everybody a list and then use a timer. So any game like that would be easy to play online. And then, because people have asked, uh, to join the Discord, Discord's an app. We actually are using it to record this podcast. But you can, and that's how Eric was able to share his screen and play all the music and everything. Um, It's a free app. You can get it on your phone or on your browser. I prefer browser to phone, but that's just me. It's free to sign up. And then... Once you're part of it, I can send you a link to our individual page to prevent links from getting ridiculous. It's only good for 24 hours. So once you're signed up and you're a part of Discord, let me know. I will send you the link and then you can just click it and join automatically. And then all you have to do is there are voice channels. You click on one and you join it automatically. I would do it right now, but I'll actually end up leaving this conversation and then... Well, I'm the one recording the podcast, so you'll still hear me talking, but you won't hear them. (laughs) It would be kind of weird. But that's exactly what it'll do. You join that, and then you can also see the screen that I'm sharing with everybody in that chat. And then what we're going to do is, because Among Us was the first thing we started doing as game nights, I said the last game night of the month is going to be Among Us again. So we still have a chance to play, but it doesn't become redundant, because we did that like for six months straight. But there is a new map, and they are adding it up to 15, so I figure if we set it to only be end-of-the-month stuff, it'll be easier to plan game sessions and get more people, which would be fun. So so if you guys want to join us, it's really easy to do that. You can just shoot me a message if you need help setting up. I don't mind helping people get set up so we can do fun things. And yeah. And if you guys have a game suggestion, because there's so many options, I mean... 
You could literally do something like this, right? With Monopoly as the example. All you'd have to all I would have to do is set up the Monopoly board, put it on my webcam, right? And then just have everybody's stuff set up. Because Monopoly doesn't have anything where you like have to hide who's who's got what, right? There's no there's no way to hide stuff. And then I control everything manually and you guys just control what happens on your end. And if you want to like roll the dice yourself, there are apps and stuff you can use that for. It's very possible to do these game nights remotely. And the first one was a success, so I think we should keep doing it. Did did I explain that well? Do you did I miss anything that you think would be better or I don't know. Uh, I think you got it pretty spot on. Okay. Well, that's good. So yeah, we're going to do that again Fridays until people convince me to do it on Saturdays and then till more people convince me to do it on Fridays until people convince me to do it every night, which is where we're going to end up going <laughs> the way that people are with their stuff. But I want to I want to pick the night that works best for everybody and I don't but I don't want to like disclude somebody. So like if somebody's always available on Saturday and never available on Friday, then I want to and they want to play, I want to make sure to include them too. So it's going to be hard to figure this out going forward, but we have to figure out who our most regular people want to be who want to actively do this, and then we can work it in. So, yeah, I think I explained that pretty decently, I hope. And if I didn't, uh, sorry. Like, I don't know. <sighs> All right, Dan, weren't you doing something and I was talking to kill time and then I just killed like 20 minutes? list of the DC animated universe. Oh yeah, you probably did that in like 20 seconds and then I talked for 20 minutes. So So it started with Superman Doomsday back in 2007. That's how long they've been doing this. Jeez. Um it's a retelling of the death of Superman and the re- and the return of Superman. They changed too much. It's not it's I mean it's worth a watch but it's not great. Second one is Justice League: The New Frontier. It is like how the Justice League first came together, like post World War II. Then there's Batman: Gotham Knight, which was like a um, unofficial Nolanverse thing, like the Animatrix kind of was, where it was like a bunch of five to ten minute cartoons of different art styles and stuff. Oh, that sounds <clears> fun. different stories. I like the sound of what? that. One of them is actually a complete remake of an episode of Batman, the animated series. Remember the episode where the kids are talking about, there's like kids in like a skate park in an abandoned building, and they're talking about all the ways Batman saved them? Is that what that is? It's all the ways he saved them? No. One of the sketches in there is like a direct remake of that episode. Oh, oh. I, I was going to say that would have been cool if that they did that as a whole like movie. That would be cool. Also, like the almost got him episode, that would be a cool. Got him. But the yeah, one time I almost crushed his head with a rock. <laughs> Killer Crocs one. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's like an a- anthology thing. Then there's a straight up Wonder Woman movie. Then they did a Green Lantern first flight, so it's all about. Hal Jordan's becoming Green Lantern. 
Then they did Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, where Lex Luthor becomes president and outlaws heroes. And Superman and Batman are like, no. And so they beat up everybody. Then there was Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. This is one of the 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 crisis stories they did, where there is the alternate universe where the Justice League is bad guys, and they have to go fight them. So they're the boys. So, so there's, there's like Owl, like the yeah. There's like instead of Batman, it's just Superman. There's Ultraman. Instead of Wonder Woman, it's Superwoman. Owlman instead of Batman. Johnny Quick instead of The Flash. So they do all that. And they have to fight. Then there was Under the Red Hood. Which was the official return of Jason Todd to the uh, DC Universe. I've seen that. That one's really good. That has uh, John DiMaggio as the Joker instead of Mark Hamill. I'm going to need some guys, uh, but not these guys, because they're kind of dead. Yeah, like Jensen Eccles is Jason Todd Red Hood. NPH is Nightwing. DiMaggio's Joker. Jason Isaacs is Rachel Ghoul. Kelly Who is in there. The great cast. And then they have Superman Batman Apocalypse, which I think is, yeah, uh, Supergirl shows up and they have to acclimate her to life on Earth, but also Death's, uh, Death's, Death's Dark Side is going to attack. I do that. I used to call him Dark Seed for the longest time. And then there was All-Star Superman, which is based on the comic book All-Star Superman. Um, where it's like Lex Luthor sets up a bunch of stuff to weaken Superman. To finally kill them. Then there was the Green Lantern, Emerald Knights, more Green Lantern stuff. Um, I think this one introduces other cores. Then they had Batman Year One, which is based on the comic book, and it's pretty faithful to it. It's a lot more faithful than a lot of the other ones that are direct comic, direct from a comic. Then there was Justice League Doom, which is based on the the uh, story Tower of Babel. Which is essentially Rachel Ghoul gets Batman's plans for having to take out the other members of the Justice League, and he uses it to take out the Justice League. Very good story. Superman versus the Elite. This group of uh, bad guys show up that have Superman-like powers, and he has to beat them all. Then they did a two-parter with the Dark Knight Returns story, which is pretty much right out of the comic story. Superman Unbound was a Brainiac story. Then they did Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox, which very faithfully gives you the Flashpoint story, which of course includes one of my favorite things ever with in the other universe that was created by The Flash. Bruce Wayne dies in the mugging. Thomas becomes Batman and Martha becomes the Joker. I love the idea of that storyline. Like, that makes me want and to watch it. And the best part of it is it's only part of another story. It only exists in, like, two issues of a comic book. It's so fucking great. 
I don't want it to get expanded upon. I think it's too perfect as it is. I don't want it to get explored further. I want it to just be that. <laughs> then we have Justice League War, which is another one where Dark Side's coming. Son of Batman, so we're starting to deal with Damian Wayne. He wouldn't have get... son Damian. Well, he doesn't even know he has a kid. It's Talia Agul. Gets pregnant one time from him and then goes back to Nanda Parbat. And the kid's like eight or nine before he even realizes he has a kid. Well, maybe he should have kept his, uh... His, his back his little, condoms happy. His, yeah. little, his little Dark Knight wrapped. <laughs> yeah, that would have been better. Then they had uh, Assault in Arkham, which is officially part of the Arkham Games series, where the Suicide Squad show up and try to break into Arkham to kill the Riddler. We get Justice League Throne of Atlantis, where uh, it's just as League doing stuff, and then Aquaman's like, hey, you guys fucked shit up earlier. So Batman versus Robin. This is the Court of Owls shows up, which is also one of the great storylines of like the last ten years. The Court of Owls, um, and Robin wants to side with them at a certain point, so they have to fight each other. Cool stuff. Justice League Gods and Monsters, based on the comic series again. Another Elseworld tale. Go that the Batman Bad Blood. Um, which gets you like everybody, like Bat Nightwing, Robin, Batwoman, and the introduction of Batwing, which is essentially like an Iron Man Batman character, where he wears the body, the the body armor and everything, and it has a great freaking cast too. Uh, Ernie Hudson is Lucius Fox. Uh, Marina Baccarin is Talia Ghul. Yvonne Stravinsky is Batwoman. Like, holy shit, right? Like, then you start doing some Teen Titans stuff, Justice League versus Teen Titans, where the Justice League is trying to shut down Raven's powers because Trigon's coming. And they're like, no, we got this. So they end up fighting each other. Batman, the killing joke, where it's almost completely exactly with the comic book, but they changed the ending and it kind of sucks. Because the ending in the comic book is Joker kills himself, breaks his own neck. Oof. Um, because Batman won't kill him. But in this version, he tells him a joke, and Batman starts laughing, and that they end the movie. Aww. And I'm like, and I'm like, that's the one. This is the one that brought back Conroy and Hamill together, and they do this. That's a lame finish. Then there's just this like dark where there's some creepy sorcery shit going on. So Batman brings together different people like John Constantine and Zatanna and all the people and like the demon Etrigan bring them together. Then we have Teen Titans, the Judas contract, which is the Terra story where Terra's actually secretly a bad guy and they have to take care of that. And then I watched Batman Harley Quinn, which we talked about earlier, and caught them by Gaslight. And I now have to watch Hell to Pay, Suicide Squad, Death of Superman, Reign of the Supermen, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, Batman Hush, Wonder Woman Bloodlines, Superman Red Sun, 
Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Superman Man of Tomorrow. And then Batman Soldier Dragon came out earlier this year, and Justice Society World War Two was coming out in a couple was no, just came out a couple weeks ago. So that's, that's a, what's there. That's a lot of shit. It is a lot. There's like two a year pretty much since two thousand seven. Al, so. if, any, if anyone can do it, it would be you. So You're the master uh, you're, you're the master of the binge. So I'll probably watch most uh, a few of them tonight today as well, so um, so yeah, so what we got going on as we uh, wrap up here, we talked about game night. Uh, CKCCRadio.com is the website to check out now. I've gotten all the podcasts currently updated, so you can just go to the podcast section. It's the only page currently active anyway, as I record this. But if you go to the section, you click on it, you can go to each individual podcast and you can... Check catch up on all of the episodes. So if you want to catch up on Nerd Table, but you don't feel like scrolling through, this is the easiest way to do it. So yeah, check that out. Check out our partner podcast, the Blake and Sal Show, the United We Fan Podcast with Mark and Brian, and Sick Minds of Matt and Eric. And I'm not sure if Eric wants to plug anything coming up with that. If you can, if not, if you can't, no uh, problem. We actually released an. I have to be kind of quiet because there's a meeting going on. But uh, we actually released an episode yesterday, and I launched it. So we are now on episode 11. Perfect. So and we got- talk about uh, Fire Force on there. Plenty of stuff to check out there. Uh, if there is a topic you want us to discuss here on the Nerd Table, something where you're just like, man, I want you guys to watch this or review this or listen to this or play this or whatever, uh, you can throw out some suggestions. It might take a week or two to get it so we can all experience it, but we'll do our best there. Uh, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. And as far as I know, we are going to remain on this Sunday schedule for now. If any changes happen, we will let you know. Let us know about game night. Let us know about feedback. Let us know about the entertainment challenge. You have to stay on top of me because I am the master of forgetting stuff this day and age. Let us know about that Pokemon MMO. Just give us feedback, guys. Like, we like you guys. And hopefully you guys like us, which is why you're listening. But I think that pretty much wraps it up. So for Eric and Dan, I am Chris. And I'd like to bid everyone farewell. Avida Day. We'll see you guys next week at the Nerd Table. Bye-bye. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.